three grown men who care way more than they should. Glenn Clark. Glenn, no way. I'm sorry, Aaron. Did Alicia Fox call you the man beast? AJ Francis. And of course, everyone boos Roman Reigns, even though he puts on the best match of the night. Aaron Oster. Guys, look, there was that one time. You know, <laughs> oh, geez, Aaron. You're the worst. You are the worst. This is jobbing out. And welcome in. It is episode number 140 of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And of course, the main event, vent, 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 vent. AJ Francis, the man of uh, no job but a thousand jobs. I yeah. think is what we call him. Something like that. The man of a thousand and four jobs. Go yeah. Jericho on that one. Bad, not bad. Uh, a big week for the boys. It was good to see everybody on uh, Monday night. We all got together for uh, Raw in Baltimore, hung out a little bit beforehand. Many of our uh, tertiary characters on this show were also there. Yes. Brandon from said was there, and Kyrie the Comedian was there. Ben Nash was there. Had a great time. Uh, a lot of fun. Fun show all around. Enjoyed being out there with everybody. Yep. Um, we got a great show ahead this week as well. Uh, huge guest on this week's show. Naomi, perhaps you've heard of her. Perhaps you're familiar with her work. I'm familiar with not only her work, but also her derriere. I yes. Very can can we trust you on the phone during this interview? It's not- I'm not going to lie. I was there with him. Uh, we did the interview together already. Peeled the curtain back a little bit. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was trying, I was trying yeah. to keep this in kayfabe here, and, guys, and you got to pull back the curtain. And I, I, no, I just had to give Glenn his props. I definitely thought that our interview was going to be way more inappropriate than it ever was. And he he was a consummate professional. I have to give him his props. It was really – I got it. Okay, I'll keep pulling the curtain back. I Okay, I had an internal debate, right? Like this was the – because we only get – here's – I'll keep pulling the curtain back. We only get Naomi for 10 minutes, right? We're told very clearly, look, guys, love you. You can have her for 10 minutes. She's doing a tour. She's promoting the new season of Total Divas. Everybody watch Total Divas, by the way. There you go. I've handled that. Um, no problem. It's Naomi, right? Like, we're happy to have her for 10 minutes, right? We'd, 10, we'd have Na- I'd have Naomi for a minute. I, I probably wouldn't even need that much. <laughs> <laughs> God, it sounds so sexist. <laughs> Please listen to our show. I, I was going to say, one of these times, the guest is actually going to go back and listen to the beginning of our shows, and it's going to be all sorts of terrible. No well, doubt. I just love Jeez. Naomi as a person. But for the record, oh, no, no, let's make this very clear. I'm a fan of Naomi as a performer. Correct. Me, yes, she's a very attractive woman. There is no data debating that. But, by the way, I'm also attracted to Kurt Angle, so let's just, you know, let's, <laughs> that is true. let's deal with this appropriately. Um I was there was a part of me that was like if I say something about her ass, perhaps we go viral, right? Like perhaps if I in some way bring up her ass right. and discuss her ass, we have a viral interview on our hands, right? Like uh, we, we should have just started off. I should have been like, you guys ever watch Martin? And uh, when Jerome calls Gina junk or calls Pam junk in the trunk, hey junk in the trunk. That's what I. That's a, when you started the interview, she'd be like, uh, and this is uh, AJ Francis. I'd be like, hey junk in the trunk. <laughs> Oh, we might man. have had a viral segment on <laughs> and our And we would have never I, had another guest in the history of the show. And, and, so this is the issue that I have, right? Like, if we do that, maybe there's a small chance she thinks it's funny, she plays along, she's definitely heard other people talking about her ass at some point, right? I mean, right. how could she not? Right. 
and all's good, right? Like high fives all around. Everybody's having a good time. Or There's also the other <laughs> chance, which is we are currently in the biggest era in the history of our our, our existence for sexual harassment. Yep. So mm-hmm. the other possibility here is that we do this. We're trying to be playful and have fun and create a viral segment, and instead our show gets shut down. <laughs> You know, like, not only do we never get another guest, but I can't get a job ever again in my life. Correct. So I you, you get a restraining order from WWE. You can't go to shows anymore. So I decided when it was all said and done, we'll just talk to her about being a performer and the show. And it's great. Like, we talked to her about um, the injury right before WrestleMania yep. and the whole deal. Like, we have a, a very nice uh, interview with Naomi a little bit later on in the program. But it was very difficult. It was very <laughs> difficult. Knowing we were talking to Naomi to not just be like, uh, so Naomi, your ass, 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 your ass. It's like Austin your ass. Powers, mole, 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 mole. It's a lot like that. I'm trying to so, stay yeah. classy. <laughs> <laughs> Naomi will indeed join us a little bit later on in the program. Looking forward to that. Oh, boys, I have good news. Um, since we're all uh, together, I brought in some pumpkin pie kettle chips for us all to try. Uh, let me go ahead and pass now, those now, around. Now the annoying thing is, I, I can see it in the little window. Oh, you can actually. You yes. Can actually see yeah. The pumpkin pie petal, kettle chips. Uh, here we go. You can enjoy me enjoying them. You're oh, a jerk. That would. That Fuck this guy. Yeah, Glenn didn't want to come down to Rockville because he doesn't love us. Even though I drove all the way to Baltimore from Ashburn last week. Bob, I, I not only do I love you, but I would far rather be there than I. You know, I don't want to say anything disparaging about my employer, so I'm not going to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, you're just trying to get fired in this episode. <laughs> like, yeah. you're, you're pulling a Costanza here. I'm, I'm already seeing this. There is a reason that I have to be here at the studio in the 3 o'clock hour today, and it just doesn't seem worth it. But whatever. I'm not my, they're, they're called. They pay me, so I deal with it. And unfortunately, I had to be in Baltimore, and the boys are down in Rockville at the um, uh, studios of ESPN 980. So that's where we're at. All right. Um, Aaron, I know you want to do two hours of um, of Emma. This week, we I should. Know- it. She deserves it. If anybody in the history of wrestling deserve a full episode dedicated to them, it's Emma. Uh, well, I assure you, whatever point our truce uh, run in the WWE comes <laughs> to an end, we will not be doing a show that week. We will instead be holding a candlelight vigil. You, you will be pro- kneeling in protest. Yeah. Our top. Uh, we'll have our top five. Will be the top five. Our truth moments of, of his career for us. <laughs> By the way, good luck only limiting it to five because there are way more than that. Um, but yeah, look, the Emma thing, it sucks. I don't know what else to say. It, it, it is weird. It's no bizarre. Doubt. She just went 50, 50 with Oscar. Right. Like that's what, what makes the hell. Um, all that being said, I, I, the way they had handled her for the year leading up to that, like they had, they clearly had no idea what they were doing with Emma. It was very the, apparent. The, they the had year, no, I mean, since she was called up to the main roster in 2014, yeah, they had no idea what to do with her for the I most know, part. Before, before she got hurt, it seemed like she had some direction, you know. And I, the, the, I, there, the, there were a couple issues. There was the the injuries. There was the the petty theft thing at one point. There were there were several outside the ring incidents and injuries that certainly contributed to her not having. The main roster career that I thought that she was capable of and should have had. Yeah, it's just confusing because it seemed like they finally maybe were were invested that they were finally. Look, I I think they had run the course on the oh she's a social media superstar. Like I think that that just I tweet you know like it. It's, but the it's all not, about me thing could have played. 
I don't disagree. Well, Evil Emma played. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, there's a million things that played with Emma. It's the problem is they ended up going down this. So, okay, there was. Uh, remember how painfully awful the Donald Trump episode of Saturday Night Live was? Do you remember how? But back when we didn't think there was any chance that he was ever going to be the president, and like you could still sort of laugh at it if it had been funny, but it wasn't remotely funny. Like it was terrible. There was a part in the show where the the the, the crux of a joke was, oh, and and here are all those new laws you just tweeted. And like the only the only joke was he tweets and the, like I don't understand like where th- this is a running joke now that people go to is like oh ha ha it's funny they tweet like that that's not funny that's that's what people do that's like saying ha ha you talk like there's nothing funny about the fact that Emma tweets they, there was nothing to that this social media character social media is just part of life like that's just what people do so this character really had no purpose no direction talking about hashtags and things along those lines. That's that's not funny. That's not clever. That's not anything. It, it's because half that. of the Rock's promos when he comes back. What do you mean? Like half the time of his promo, he's talking about hashtags. No, but the hashtag, hashtag boots to asses. But hashtag the right. The difference is the hashtags themselves are supposed to be funny, right? Like these were just she does it. Like oh, I'm. I, I think I think the idea was she was like supposed to be trying to go viral. She was trying to you know it's all about me. I, I'm trying to get attention. I'm trying to put up these hashtags out there. It didn't quite hit. It definitely didn't hit. That's a, that's for sure. That's why they dropped it. But I, I think that was the idea behind it. Look, I, it's a bummer. I do think that a lot of people shared the point that Emma is someone who should do well, um, given the opportunity to just go out and 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 do the Cody Rhodes thing. Um, she's she an interesting a, test subject, that's for sure. You know, she's a great performer. Um, she she had success, but only seemed to scratch the surface. So I think there's a lot there. I think Smarks embrace Emma, and I think that for whatever reason, more you people know, like her now that she was fired than they did when she was there. I think there's something to be said. Oh for yeah. Her. Oh, I mean, there, that's definitely something to be said. Literally, about there that. was an Emma chance started it on Monday, and that would have never happened if she was on the roster. Well, I, mean, right. I would have tried to start it anyway, so let's be very, very clear. <laughs> okay, you might have tried to start it, but there wouldn't have been a thousand other people joining in with right. you. I, I think, I'll, by okay. the way, I'll be the one to point out, Like, I think that Summer Rae, they never really... like. Oh, I, yeah. No, the fact that the two of them... going back, It's funny that the two of them got released on the same day, because they have one of the more underrated feuds in NXT history. They had yeah. a tremendous feud. Back in 2013, so to have them released on the same day, there's something almost poetic about that. And like, both I of them did I, not scratch. You did not scratch their surface yeah, on the main I roster. Think Summer Rae was great. I think that she every everything they gave her, she did well. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like oh, that. Yeah. I think there was a lot to like about Summer Rae. So that's a bummer too. And look, I, I told you a million times, the primetime players were excellent. Like that was an mm-hmm. excellent tag team. Yep, and I unfortunately like Darren Young's what he's going to be known for is being the first openly gay, you know, like professional wrestler or whatever. But dude, the two of them together, how about the matches they had with the New Day? I don't, I never wanted that Ma- feud to end. Matches they had with the New Day, matches they had with the Wyatt family, matches they yeah. had with uh, well, I guess they were the Los Luchadores at the time. But it was, it's just crazy. It's crazy. I I felt that I don't know. I just had this inkling that when Darren Young. When the sweeps came around, that Darren Young was going to be a victim, just because his oh, last yeah. his last push kind of fell flat with the Bob Backlund thing, and then to get get injured in that process, it just kills everything. I mean, he oh, hasn't been it. on TV in a year. If you were making yeah. a list of okay, there's going to be people fired. Darren Young was pretty high on that. It's, it's like I said, 
Summer Ray and Darren were not surprising anyway. Disappointing in a lot of, for a lot of reasons, right. but not. Right. Emma was surprising and disappointing. I, agreed on all accounts. I just I, I don't want us to dismiss that those two were really good performers. Oh yeah. and, yes. Like try to pretend like they were you know just just people. Like they were both really good performers that did a really good job with the things they were given an opportunity. Yeah, the Bob Backlund stuff fell flat. Like no doubt that it didn't work and. I I don't really know what that was supposed to be. Like, it, it was supposed but, to be Donald but, Trump, but he was never really Donald Trump. Like, it was, it just never made any sense. Like, it just never made a, a lick of sense and never really worked. Um, but otherwise, I thought Darren Young was very good. I wanna, um, be, before we move on, I want to go back to something you said about Emma and, and her post-WWE career. And I, I mentioned she's an interesting test subject because, as we were saying with Nia, like, there really hasn't been a woman to go from WWE go to the independent scene and really, really thrive there and really make a difference. Usually, you know, I think Gail Kim's the closest as someone who's released in her prime. She went on to TNA and had a group. That, that Mickey James really, you know, did a lot on but, the but but also, you know, but she she went more to TNA and she did some stuff on the indies. But she, you know, some people are talking about her Emma, you know, doing the doing the Candice LeRae route, doing the true indie route here. And I yeah. think she's going to be a fascinating, as I said, like a test subject for that to see if you know, we see that with with Cody Rhodes, with other people, with men. We haven't seen it with women yet. Emma's going to be a really interesting case because, in addition to America, she's going to be huge in Australia, which has a much, very thriving indie scene it right now. It would not now. surprise me at all whatever promotion she gets booked at in Australia over the next month, if a month from now she's the champ. Oh, yeah. That would not surprise me. In yeah, of course. Yeah. Oh, of course, of course. And it would also be interesting to see, you know, like she's one of the, Cody in part, like let's, as much as we talk about what he's done in the indie circuit, like part of it is he's he's found a home with Ring of Honor, you know, as well, right? Like, yes, he's gone out and done all these things on the indie circuit, but he's had someone that could give him a sizable chunk of what he makes for the year and a significant promotion that he can be the face of and all of those things. I think that Emma... You know, it, it would be interesting to see if Ring of Honor would invest the same way in, in Emma and say, you know, we think you could be the female Cody. Yeah, like, I mean, I, if, if they want to push the Women of Honor division, which they, you know, they kind of are hot and cold on the Women of Honor, it seems like over the past year. But if they were really like, okay, we want to make this a thing, Emma's a great person to no question build no around. Question. Yeah, her, her and Brandy Rhodes and uh, Veda Scott and some of the others would would be tremendous. Yep, I'm with you all, uh, completely with you. All right, um, Monday night fun show. Um, I I think you forget. You know, it, when again, I go back to when we did the four-hour uh, Ring of Honor shows. Sometimes you forget how long. Like, if you get there for the the first matches, and we got there before seven thirty on Monday night, you forget how long and and how much that tends to linger. And like when you're you're amped up and the crowd's into something, it, it gets really tough by the end of the night. And I get it; they're they're loading up halftime, and they're, they, we've talked about this all together, and so. The final segments of the show, although the final shot of the show was just marvelous, tremendous, amazing, yeah. Oh my god! So, what, so, 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 Braun Strowman putting uh, Curtis Axel through the table was on TV, or was it, was after it was dark? No, I think I, all, all of that was on TV. Oh, wow! Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look that that whole part of it was wonderful, but the rest of the final hour, you could sense it was dragging on the crowd. Um, the well, word is that the ratings really dipped in the final hour of the show. It's it's just it's such a long night if you've been there since seven thirty to stay into things, particularly if well, especially it's, if those things are a trick or street fight. 
Right, correct. If if those things, no, I, I did. I did pop for I, uh, Tex I, Ferguson and Chad Tubas. As soon as I saw Tex Ferguson <laughs> and oh, Chad Tubas, I, I popped. <laughs> I said, "All right, no matter how ridiculous this segment is, I like it." I, I was very disappointed that no one else was behind me when I tried an SR Dub chant. I was yeah. very disappointed by that. <laughs> Gave it his best. He gave it his best on that one. Although, hang on a second. I was extremely disappointed that no one else was chanting, Oh, Captain, Captain my, my Captain. captain. You, needed, Fox, you needed captain. to stand oh, on your chair and put your hand over I, your heart. I, I, oh, I Captain, my Captain. She is the best, the she's the best Captain in the history of Captain. She the Captain now. Yes. That's, that's all factual. Alicia Fox is wonderful. Um, so a couple of things that jumped out at me. One... Uh, look, the, 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 that segment, that final segment, is so wonderfully pro wrestling. It's so wonderfully perfect. I, I, I don't even have the words. The absurdity of it, mixed with Braun Strowman just being Braun Strowman and the Miz being the Miz, it's all perfection. All of that is wonderful. And any Make- doubters that that had problems with and didn't think that Braun Strowman was being, being put. As a face, you can shut yeah. up. Who, who thought that? Many people, <laughs> really, on the interwebs. But I also think it's it. We and this is I come to praise the Miz. I think it's also a part of the greatness of working with the Miz. Yeah. That, like, oh yeah. That right now, as we talked about with Roman Reigns, the absolute best thing you can do when you're trying to get someone true face heat is to say, "Go work with the Miz," because the Miz is so good at playing that role that, despite the fact that we all respect the Miz, right? Like. Every professional wrestling fan respects The Miz. It has come around on The Miz being a great worker and a true Hall of Famer and all of those things. But yet, it is so easy to embrace watching him get his face kicked. It is so easy to to embrace watching him get his comeuppance that anyone that you want to turn, the best thing you can do is have them work with The Miz because he's so good at what he does. And so... Here you have it again. You have the Miz being a squirrel throughout the case of the night, being all weird, and then he gets his comeuppance, and everyone's into it, and it immediately, somehow, the biggest man on the face of the planet, the largest force we've ever seen, can still be an embraceable babyface heel because he's working with the Miz. It's, it's incredible. It's, it's, you know, it's a testament to how good that dude is at what he does. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely built, you know, it's built over the past year. Not quite full year, but you know, over at least the past six months, this facer. So people were waiting for it. But you're right, as far as to officially spark it off, there was nobody better. You know, we we assume that he's eventually going to run through the bar. He's going to run into Kane and stuff. But for the very first moment, it almost had to be Miz because there was no way that even if you, like you said, there were some people slightly doubting it, you you put Miz in there. There's no chance. Look, yeah. it's it's difficult to embrace a monster. As a face. I, I mean, I get it. We're embracing it now, and we know he's a face. But in theory, if you had brought that person and said, we're going to try to make this guy a face, it was always going to be tough because you look at him and you say, how, how could he be a face? He's a monster. He's going to run through everyone, right? Like, how can you do it? Well, right now, what you've done is said, he's going to do a bunch of fucking cool shit. Yeah. Like a bunch of insanely awesome to see things. You're going to be so excited to see what Braun Strowman but might do But can we next. talk about how he lived in a trash compactor well, for and, two and that's weeks? The thing. Like, this is one of those things where normally, if it wasn't, if they didn't build it so campy and so ridiculous, like, like we're, that we know that, you know, this is supposed to be more horror movie yeah. than anything, I would be like... Yeah, there's a lot of holes in it. And, you know, wait, he also got out of it so he could put the trash bag in the Mrs. locker room, get back in the trash. You know, there's plenty of that stuff. But it was done so wonderfully that she's like, all right, we're, we're chalking. It's, it's like the broken universe. It no, was what so happened campy. Was he, it's so- what happened is he was, he was in the trash can the entire time. But when he went in, he had his phone. 
So he found he was able to call someone and say, "Hey, call next, one of his boys next week Monday. Put trash in Mrs. Locker. I'm just gonna <laughs> chill here for a couple of weeks, and you know I'm gonna chill here for a couple of weeks, and you know I'm gonna be out there, and I'm gonna come out, and people are gonna be so surprised when they see that I've been in this trash compactor this entire time." By the way, how about him sprinting out of that garbage truck? I mean, jumping and then just going straight on the run. He's a manimal. That was ridiculous. It's absurd. It's absurd. He's incredible, and that's you. You keep watching as you want to see what Braun Strowman's going to do next. It's it's a, uh, it's feats of strength right now. You know, it's it's like watching a daredevil. Like, can can you jump over the Grand Canyon? Can you jump over? Like, you literally are watching to see what insane thing Braun Strowman might be capable of doing, and you love it. And so, yeah, it's 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 worked like crazy. Um, and again, the absurdity of that final segment is why you love professional wrestling. We all know how campy it was. We all know how ridiculous it was. We all know how absurd it was. But it wasn't absurd in like the – God, I'm trying to figure out a way that I can explain the difference. Why do we love that and hate – there's things that they do where it's – Because they went all in here. And, and I, I've said this before. The best thing they do when they do camp is when they just go straight when, – when Bray Wyatt came out and was you know said he stole Undertaker's powers and he was shooting lightning bolts, that was wonderful. Then when you try yeah. to – but when you try to ground Bray Wyatt a little bit where he's kind of half in, half out of the campiness – that's when some people, including myself, don't necessarily like the segments. You either got to go all in or all out, and this past Monday, they were completely all in on the ridiculousness of it. I don't, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I don't necessarily disagree with it. I think it, it made it click. It was an awesome, I'm, you know, it, it played well in the arena. I can only imagine how much better it played on TV. You know what I mean? Like oh, with, it, with Cole just freaking out about every little yeah. thing. Yeah. Yeah. No question. I think that was great. Um, the big storylines, of course, from Monday, we had some returns. Uh, first of all being the return of Stephanie McMahon. Um, I, I don't want to take too much away from the SmackDown segment that we're going to do next, but it, it is, man, how much better is Stephanie McMahon as a performer on the mic than Shane McMahon is? Uh, it's, a thousand times better. I mean, but th- this isn't new. This has been But how much one. better is Shane at jumping off shit? Well, I <laughs> Like, it, it almost made it uncomfortable to watch the first segment of SmackDown on Tuesday night because, like, dude, the first segment of Raw was amazing. Amazing. The first segment of SmackDown I wanted to sleep through. Like, uh, it was... Stephanie found a way to come in. She Everyone got a genuine pop. Everyone was excited to see Steph. Right. Like, she was a babyface when she walked down the ramp. She started her segment as a babyface while she's talking and then became the biggest heel on the card within the span of what? Ten minutes? Oh, correct. Not even. Yeah, I mean, we, we talk about the Miz having control like that. Like, you know, like yes. you might, like people might like the Miz, and we might pop when he comes out. But when he starts talking, we start booing him. <laughs> Stephanie takes that to a whole nother level. She's right, amazing. She's unbelievable. And I, and again, I'll I'll get the Shane in, in segment number two. But it is almost awkward when you when you see like I just wish they wouldn't have started the two shows with the two of them this week because it was like a direct comparison type of situation. I was like, oh my god, how could anyone think this is better than that? Because he can jump uh, off shit. Yeah. Well, right. That part is cool. It's just maybe don't have him talk. Uh, <laughs> oh. So the Stephanie thing is great. It you know it inter you you weave in this additional angle. Um, with just taste, right? Like, you don't have her stick around for the entirety of the show. Now, Kurt Angle's freaking out throughout the course of the night. It was perfectly used, utilized, having Stephanie come back. You know, you leave that in there that I think, you know, we, we were talking last week, we were building WrestleMania, and I suggested Kurt Triple H. Yeah, it definitely I, seems more likely now than it did I last week. I feel far better about that yeah. pick after Monday night. Yeah. yeah, I feel far better about that. You, and, know, what, you know what's crazy is that... Um... I uh, just building off of that segment at the end of the segment when Stephanie left, there was a limo waiting there 
And I just thought it was going to be Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar. And even though I loved The Miz, when The Miz came out, I booed. Immediately, I booed. <laughs> I booed. Immediately when I saw it was The Miz, I said, boo, boo. I thought we were going to see Lesnar. But that I was just so pissed. God, what a smart you are. What an Bro, a-hole. fuck you, Miz. You're such fuck an you. wrestling fan. You're like every other wrestling fan. They all suck. Here you are to make the show all about yourself. Yeah. You're the worst. You're right. You're, you're right. Um, I did no. like I did like how she you know they didn't really explain why she was gone but she she had that one line that was like you know I was fine with you as GM you were doing a good job basically saying yeah I'm I was willing to step back and see what you could do there they kind of acknowledged that a little I, bit without diving too worked. deep into it I thought it worked I thought yeah it, I, absolutely look Stephanie was incredible she was incredible in that segment my God she was good um, and it's a reminder of why things tend to be better when she's around I mean it's just the reality of it right like when Stephanie's around the show. It's the way that we all felt about Vince for a long time. Yep. Like the show was just kind of a little bit better when Vince was around because he was so good in that character. She's so good in that character. The show's a little bit better when she's around. So I'm I'm all for more Stephanie. Um, we get Kurt Angle wrestling at again at Survivor Series, yep. um, which I think remember we talked that when we did the emergency thing for the the the, the show before. It it smells to me like they always kind of knew this was part of the plan, and yeah. that's why it wasn't that big of a deal for him to have to wrestle at TLC. Like, okay, so we got to go one show earlier than we were going to go, but it's one show. It kind of made it cool because it was like we like we talked about we didn't want him in the Shield gear, but it actually made what it did was like him being part of the Shield means that when he comes out as Kurt Angle mm-hmm. in at Survivor Series, it's going to be an amazing moment. And you're building and- towards that first singles match. It's like you had Shield Kurt Angle here. You're going to have Olympic gold medalist Kurt Angle, but in part of a five man team here. But when he have a singles match, it's still going to be a really big deal because we're seeing for the first time on WWE you know in how what many I just years a singles of? match instead for Kurt of, Angle. Instead of having like uh, Jason Jordan turn on Kurt, like let's say in that match or just like in general, like by attacking him or like degrading him or whatever, what if Triple H and Stephanie like start, they, they won't call it the authority or whatever, but they start like a little faction and Jason Jordan plays the role of like, the Rock, like the corporate yes man type guy, and that's how you get to Triple H and Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. That'd be interesting. That would certainly be an interesting that they they sort of court Jason Jordan. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's also interesting the possibility that he could be fired as the general manager, but just stick around as a performer. Mm-hmm. I don't you know. I guess the question is how much because you know. As a GM, you can handle wrestling once every other month or something. As a performer, can you really do that? That would as be the question. As a performer, you could wrestle once at, at every pay-per-view. I think as a performer, you could, yeah. you could... Again, you could still do the thing where you protect his first big one-on-one match because you could right. put him in the Royal Rumble. You could... You know I mean? like there's a, there's a lot of ways you could go about doing it. It could be a tag team, he and Jason, yeah. versus somebody else, right? There's things that you could do to have him work as a wrestler... Um, without having to have him have a big one-on-one match, you could still keep that until WrestleMania. I think you could do it through WrestleMania for sure. Um, I, again, that that bit of news on Monday night did not make me think like, oh, well, now we know for sure that Raw is winning at Survivor Series um, because I think it's totally plausible that they could do a scenario where they fire him as general manager, but you know he sticks around as a performer trying to get his comeuppance against the McMahons. Like, I think that's... You know, I, I think that works, actually. I yeah, think that... I, I think it's reasonable. Only only reason that I would right now bet against that is we just haven't had enough Stephanie-Kurt Angle interaction. I think that you want a little bit of that in that power struggle as commissioner and GM yeah. before, you, before you cut bait there. 
Yeah, maybe. Maybe. That's totally possible. Maybe. Um, other big, big things for Monday, uh, of course, we get Samoa Joe back. Nice to see Samoa Joe. Uh, you know, I he had a lot of heat coming out of uh, SummerSlam, and so it's tough to immediately get all that back, but the crowd was certainly into it, and then he immediately got the heel heat back with his promo. Um yeah, I, it, it's always interesting to see where they're going with Joe because I don't know that they buy into him as a guy that needs to be in the main event picture. I think they want to use him maybe similarly to how they used him at NXT, which is you're here to make everybody else look good. Um, and that's that's okay. You know what I mean? Like there's nothing wrong with having that's That's sort of the Kane role for a long time, right? Like have everybody face Kane because Kane's legitimate. Everybody knows he's legitimate and everybody looks better with him. But um, it's interesting to see the direction for Samoa Joe now that he's back. Yeah, my my hunch the is he's going to end up in the main of in the Survivor Series on Team Raw. I think that yep. he, I think uh, you don't bring him back otherwise. You know, leading up to that, especially when so the who do we know is on the the Angle the and Braun. That's it. So far. that's it, right? So it's all faces on the SmackDown Down, side, correct? And probably AJ will be the fifth member. I doubt Rusev will be. So it's all faces. I think we're still going to see majority faces, but I think Joe might be the one heel just to kind of play into things and lead into matches. My my hunch would be Reigns, Finn, Joe. Okay. All right. I mean, Reigns, I just wonder if they're purposely doing all faces on both sides for some reason. You know what I mean? Like, it's just interesting that they put together an all-face team on SmackDown, and so I wonder... Who, who would be the other face on Raw, though? Would be the Yeah, I mean, there's not there's not an obvious choice because the Shield, obviously, is tied up right now. So I, I don't... I don't know. Probably, who like, if it, it was a face, it would probably have to be like Matt Hardy, which wouldn't suck. But it's not going to be Matt Hardy. No, you know I mean? that, it, that, it definitely wouldn't suck. But my hunch is they would go with Joe over Hardy if that was the choice. It, it just feels like they're trying to keep things fifty-fifty. Like outside of even Brock Gender, like it's not really a face versus heel. It's well, you a guys heel. know Gender's going to win that match, right? I, I, Boy, I more and more and more, they, like I don't, I don't believe it. But all the segments are building towards <laughs> like you the gender like, win. Like I don't know if you guys know, like he might not win. He probably, I, I gotta, I honestly don't think he will win. But like the way he's talking about the match is the same thing he did with Randy Orton. It's the same thing he did with Shinsuke Nakamura. And the entire it. time we all sat there and said, "Ah, oh, he's not gonna fucking win. We're not worried. We're not worried about Jinder Mahal winning." And he won. I mean, I mean, and you had Heyman uh, run him down. Heyman which is ran weird. his ass down. Like every every <laughs> segment is, you know, if this was if this was anyone but Brock Lesnar, I would say yeah, Jinder's winning. But it, it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> He's gonna win. It's so crazy to me. He's going like I'm gonna probably pick Lesnar, and I'm gonna be wrong. I mean, I I, I still think I can't. I can't. I'm not ready to join you guys there yet. <laughs> but I get it. I get it. I totally understand why it is that you're saying that. Look, um, but I, well, I guess my point is, it's interesting. That's that's a little more fifty-fifty. You have Baron Corbin and The Miz, who are you know both uh, heels. I, I really you, don't uh, think that's the match. Well, I, well, we talked about that a little bit while we were watching the show on Monday. But we keep going through the card, right? Like then you have right now two face tag teams. I get it. The Usos aren't as clear faces as the Shield are, but that's how they've been working is as faces. So like I. It's interesting that it Two seems like the, women. Right. Like it's interesting that it seems like they're trying to make it so that it's not that they want it to be more raw versus smackdown and not heel versus face. Like it's just interesting that it seems like they're kind of purposely keeping this 50-50, right? They're doing like, the raw versus smackdown like they're doing it to a T, you guys. Yeah. I, well, I well, yeah. I well no there there is one match we know of now that's not raw versus smackdown. What is it? That's the uh, Cruiserweight title Kalisto Enzo. 
Well, I mean, but there's no cruiser weights on SmackDown. Yeah, so right. Well, I'm, I'm just saying there, so there is one. one that. Oh, I know. I'm just saying. So w- just, when you guys said fifty-fifty, and it was one of nine. Oh, cool. Well, I mean, we still don't know how many matches they're going to end up being. We only know five or six matches. I guess six uh, women, so we know seven now. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, I, if that's all the matches, you're going to be right, right? Like, you'll end up I'm being not, right about yeah, that. I, and I, I am. And I, but we, it's not. I don't know if you know this. The card's still a few weeks away, pal. Like, it's still a few weeks away. I'm still going to be right. <laughs> the, moral of, the moral of the story the moral of this being it's interesting to me how 50-50 they're keeping it as far as they don't want to inherently give one side an advantage right like they don't inherently Bro, this is going to be an impossible pay-per-view to pick oh yeah I, we we all sucked last year at survivor series so like, I'm sure this like, year we're going to like suck like realistically there's no real storyline reason why right. any one champ should beat the other. Right. It's a series of exhibition matches. <laughs> that's, that's what it comes down to. So it's like, I, I, get, I guess the, the women's Survivor Series matches, it's going to have to be a mix of faces and heels just because you, yeah. don't have enough, right. you don't have enough women in order to be able to have a team full of one or the other. Um, but outside of that, again, outside of that, it's largely, it's, it's 50, 50. It's very fascinating. Yeah. Uh, the other return, of course, on Monday night was Nia Jax. Uh, we talked a lot about Nia in the last couple of weeks. And as it turns out, her holdout lasted two weeks. <laughs> she was right back. I so, mean, but she was right back and she was, and she won, right? And she, she won. Good. Yeah. And she looked great. And so it worked. <laughs> everybody's happy. I mean, we'll see for now, for now, right? Like everything's good. We'll see how that, uh, I, I was, I mean, I wasn't shocked because people do like Nia. I, I was a little bit surprised how how positive and how split that crowd was. Like, we was that the first time we had heard "Let's Go Nia" chance? Yes. I, yeah, I don't remember many of those. But I we, think so much of that has to do with that people were just did not expect to see it. Right. Yeah. I, well, and, and like, that's definitely part of it. But it was it was interesting to see. You know, obviously we had, we've we've documented that Bailey's not as hot as she once was. Not as hot. Crowd reaction wise, let me make that very clear. <laughs> she didn't have many cheers. She didn't have many boos in on Monday. But but the split the split reaction I, I thought was interesting. But I don't we, think that was because of Bailey though. Well, like, but, uh, Bo- but that that's my point though yeah. is that we've never seen people like Nia, but they're not vocally supportive of Nia. Yeah. we saw that on Monday. That was interesting. Yeah, but it, I, it'd be interesting to see if that's the case. You know, like again, week in and week out. Or if that was, hey, look, we're glad you're back. You know, we didn't want to see you disappear. It's cool to see you. So we're excited. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, it will be interesting to see how they handle that. I popped for when her music hit. I popped out of my seat. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. I mean, Speaking of which, Glenn was fuck already you out guys. Of fuck you Alicia. guys. Alicia Fox was supposed to be in that match. So I was actually pretty pissed off. Fuck like, you I was guys actually... for getting better seats. <laughs> oh, that's right. Oh, my God. I was so excited. Um, well, I was in like the fifth. The fifth row of the one hundred, and, and we're in the second, second row. row. Sons yeah, of yeah. I'm really angry that we weren't in the direct row in front of you, though. Like I'm really <laughs> pissed off about that. Actually, you know what's funny? Okay, there so, actually uh, wasn't anyone there. So I had my feet on the seat. Okay, so you say that the the way it played out. The, this is dumb and nerdy, and who really cares? But we'll share the story. So all of us showed up. AJ had four tickets. Uh, Aaron had four tickets for Monday Night Show. And both of them showed up at the box office, and their tickets weren't there. Well, they, they apparently botched both of our names. Yeah, that was right. the issue. What happened? So they find AJ's tickets. They don't find Aaron's tickets. So our buddy Brandon from Ram said, because he's a plugged-in dude, just calls somebody at the arena and says, hey, can you help us find your tickets? And the girl just comes out and says, well, we didn't find yours, but here are four other ones, right? Like, you can just have those. And so, like, and we figure out that they're better seats than AJ's, and we rub his nose in it because that's what we like to do. That's yeah. the way that it works. So we, then uh, Aaron's like, hey, they, they found my tickets, too, um, under this different name. Those tickets are actually a row, like, they were literally a row behind where we would have been. 
Like the seats that we got from Brandon, Aaron's tickets were like the row behind that. Yeah, they were they were C instead of B or whatever. Yeah. His tickets were also better than A. <laughs> so, so Brandon says to me, he's like, "Well, do you think we should uh, uh, message AJ and tell him he can come over because those seats are better?" And I said, "There's something about AJ." <laughs> Where it tells me out of mere principle, he's going to say, no, F you guys. <laughs> Correct. Would have been my response. I would have... And so I said, I said, nah, let's just go ahead and not text. <laughs> let's just go ahead. Speaking of which, you never phone. gave me Brandon's number because I'm definitely, uh, I'm definitely yeah. going to open for Vic Mensa without a doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take care of that. That'll be no problem. All right. Why don't we save everything else and talk about it during the uh, SmackDown segment? Sounds right? cool. Uh, we'll come back in. We will talk about the SmackDown from this week. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron. And he's the main event. AJ Francis. This is Jotting Out. Many people know about Goodwill through donating clothes and furniture. Did you know that Goodwill also accepts vehicle donations? Goodwill accepts vehicles in running or non-running condition. When you donate a vehicle, you can steer clear of all of the headaches associated with trying to sell a car yourself. It's fast, simple, and reliable, and you also receive a tax deduction. When you donate to Goodwill, know that your donation is being used to help someone find a job. Last year, we provided job training services to people in need of assistance because of physical, mental, or other social barriers and placed over 3,000 into jobs. To donate your vehicle to Goodwill, visit GiveTheGoodwill.org or call 866-492-2770. That's GiveTheGoodwill.org, 866-492-2770. Out of nowhere, Rusev struck, hitting Randy like a truck. It's Rusev Day. It's Rusev Day. And with Randy's nine-second fail, Rusev became the alpha male. It's Rusev Day. It's Rusev Day. Back in here for segment number two. God, Rusev Day is the greatest song in the history of Rusev Day. Rusev is the greatest day. day on the planet. I'm very bitter. We have to work through it. It should it's be a national bull- holiday. It's bullshit that we have to work so, on. So uh, uh, here's a question. I, I I wanted to pose it on the Twitter machine, but I decided to come here and ask anybody anyway. Everybody anyway. Everybody. 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 What, what day exactly is rusev day every day every is day. rusev ah, day ah, okay. yes okay every day in my heart every day is rusev every, day. every day we are graced with rusev's presence is rusev day right so literally christmas rusev day rusev day well since so, so, so they have to work on it it's thanks, clearly rusev day thanksgiving rusev day rusev day <laughs> all right uh new year's rusev day arbor day the best one of them all. Rusev Day. Dude. Flag Day. Oh, God. I just put some chips in my mouth. It's Rusev Day. Okay. Easter. I can't keep doing this, though. <laughs> I'm out. Right. By the way. That was amazing. Oh, but oh, just everything. Did, did, by the way, did you notice the the elated thing was a throwback to an interview he did oh, a month ago where he asked uh, Renee what elated means? No. Yeah, he did that like a month I ago. I do remember that. I do remember yes. that. He was like, I don't even know, I know what, that, what means. that means. Oh, my God. I do. I didn't remember on Tuesday, but I remember that now. That's tremendous. That's He's great. amazing. Um, this is the problem. He's too good. 
He's too good. You can't keep him heel. It's too. It's too good. <laughs> it's too funny. The two of them it's... together don't like. There's no logistical reason why the two of them should be together. But if they split them up, I will be so mad. No doubt. They're perfect. They're perfect. <laughs> yes. They're wonderful. It's what, what, what's a wait? What's a better pairing? Rusev and Aiden English, or Enzo and Drew Gulak? That is a tough call. Yeah. Oh my God. Enzo and Drew Gulak are are everything. I mean, this is Drew Gulak. My God. S O F T. You knew it was, that was coming, and you still popped for it. Of course you did, because it was perfect, and it was the way he delivered it too. And it's so and the thumb up he did with it, like yeah. And Enzo's like furious next to him. Oh, it was so, dude. By the way, I think the character that Drew Gulak was playing there was the white guy from the Chappelle Show. Correct. Like I think that was the character. He was it, was, it was every generic that, white male ever. It was a mix of that and like a little bit of heel WCW Jericho in him. Okay. It, All right. Yeah. It I, was I'm, so I'm good funny. With that. What's crazy is that um, the like the segment itself. Like, the fact that Enzo didn't speak, I was like, damn, I wanted to hear Enzo give us some knowledge, drop some bars. But, like, Gulak was way better. Gulak was, like, doing, like, the Enzo thing, and it was, like, like, because he was, like, the corny white guy doing it, instead of, like, Enzo, the cool white guy doing it, it was, like, a 10. It It was was amazing. Drew Gulak's wonderful. Drew Gulak's amazing, and and it's so cool to get to see him have this run these last couple of weeks where he is just murdering. Um, but Rusev and, and Aiden English are also perfect. I mean, I, I I just I have so much glee watching everything right now. I, so I, I just don't want I don't want a, uh, Drew Gulak and Enzo Amore. I don't want them joining up and them being awesome together to take us away from the PowerPoint presentation, though. That's <laughs> I, one, I do agree with that. Yeah, I don't, that I don't is want one thing those. that I need in my life: the yep. PowerPoint presentation. But yes, uh, all, all all tremendous, all tremendous, all on board. Uh, how, at a scale of one to ten, how great were those New Day costumes? Oh, oh my god! god. <laughs> oh perfect. my god! <laughs> Who was best? I mean, it's uh, hard to go against Akeem, the African Dream. I mean, that was great, for, but for <laughs> but, me, but brother, Kofi Love, with Love the red face, <laughs> Kofi Love in a red face was just the best thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! I just I just pop whenever I see an Akeem. Remember on Bourbon Street when we saw yeah. the, at WrestleMania the guy dressed as Akeem? Akeem, the African Dream. And what's funny is that gimmick would absolutely work with Big E. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. It would work. It would actually be a ten as of like if he just did that as his real life gimmick because he's it's like like you said it's campy and it's it's stupid and doesn't make sense. It's intentionally supposed to be funny. For yep. the fact of it, but that's exactly what the new day is already. Yep, it's a, yeah, correct. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, great. There's not a there's not a lot I would put in front of Biggie and say eh, I don't think Biggie can pull that off. Yeah, it's oh, true. yeah, he can handle a lot. There's exactly. no doubt about that. All right, um, a couple of things. One, I want to go back to Shane for just a second. It was a painfully bad first segment for a couple of reasons, and I'm gonna I'm gonna explain them twofold. One, the the, the line where he said something like, "There's gonna be a price to pay." You gotta threaten something. Like what? What? What line? What? What is that? Well, there's gonna be a price to pay for that. Like I think the crowd was. Do we? Do we clap? Do we? Like what? What is that? I the under siege thing somehow has worked. I don't know how it's worked, but the fact that they've got the crowd chanting under siege, God bless. It was the worst Steven Seagal movie, and there've been a lot of bad <laughs> Steven Seagal movies. It's, it has somehow worked on that one. He said it was the worst Steve Steven Seagal movie. I, I it was a really bad Steven Seagal movie. <laughs> I mean, was, you're not wrong. It was. I saw it. And it when I granted, a... granted, you could say that about a lot of Steven Seagal movies. I, I know they were all really bad. But uh, somebody actually. But here's the crazy part: we all saw them. 
So he oh, of course, of course. Um, the other part of that that was horrible was the entire premise of him being met. He took his his entire show to Raw and mercilessly beat unmercilessly beat down every person on that roster, yep. wrestlers and non wrestlers alike. He's pissed off that one guy on Raw beat up one guy on SmackDown. Yeah. It doesn't work. There's, there's, that doesn't play. You cannot sell me on. Well, we've got well, a reason. You clearly, well, you clearly don't know how gang mentality works. If it's a gang, then it doesn't count? No. Just as, this is nothing less than Bloods and Crips, red and blue. If you kill, if a one, if one gang of Crips kills 25 Bloods, and then the Bloods go back and kill one Crip, then Crips is going to be pissed. Okay. Pissed. I don't know if maybe gang mentality is shit working with on a, uh, on a program. You're probably right. But, but you know, <laughs> here's the other problem with it, is that since day one of the brand split, Shane McMahon, you know, he leads off half the shows with, this is the land of opportunity, this is about the wrestlers, this isn't about the GMs, this is, you know, we want the, the focus on the talent. And yet he's always involved in every uh, big that's thing. That's true, but that actually probably works with what they're doing with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Right, right exactly. Now. It just gives more credibility to Owens and Zayn. Oh, I agree. I mean, I, what they're stating is absolute truth. You know what I mean? Like, it's unquestionable. But I, the whole pr- the segment was, oh, dude, don't we got to stop with Shane McMahon promos. Well, Shane, Shane solo it, promos have never been good. Never, ever, yeah, ever. They, they are bad. They're painfully bad. It is just drag. But guys, he jumps, jumps off things. <laughs> Bro, I, and, and he doesn't shuffle are, when he enters. Like, maybe you say, maybe you start the show with him standing on top of the Titan Tron. And you say, hey, everybody, welcome to SmackDown. It jumps. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work in storyline. Oh, but it's I'm just, popping. And I'm guess popping what? every time. Guess what? Every what? time you see him after that, Shane O'Mac. Shane O'Mac. 100%. <laughs> I hear you. There, there's two things that. Shane has not been able to figure out. Talk. Talking and learning to throw a punch. He's great at everything else, but those two things he hasn't been able to figure out in 20 years. No doubt. No doubt. Um, the most compelling part right now is is what are you doing with the guys, that, with, with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn? What is their role for Survivor Series? Spoilers. Are you, and we alluded to this in the first segment. Are you doing a thing where you're going to have a non- you know, Raw versus SmackDown match. It's going to involve the two of them. Are they just going to sort of linger and try I to think ruin gonna, things I for think, the SmackDown team? I was going to say, yeah, I think they're going to cost SmackDown. Yeah, they're, they're stuffly spoilers. The question is, do they have a match before that or not? Do they just and, throw and them against the hype pros or it, something? You know, it would be weird to have a pay per view where you don't have Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn, who have been the focal part of your show, in, in an announced match. Like, that would be weird. I'm not saying you can't do it, and obviously their presence... There's plenty of times where you have the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder not involved in a match on a pay-per-view, right? Despite the fact they're a very important part of the show. Um, you can do it, but then you've got to be sort of threatening. Like, hey, there's the there's the specter of them looming, right? Like, they're out there. But then that takes some of the way of the sting if they actually come out and get involved in the match. Like, oh, of course they were going to come out and get involved in the match. You've been teasing that they were going to get involved in the match the last few weeks. So... I, I, it's just interesting to me how they handle that with the two of them not being there. I, I don't know if there's an easy answer. To, could they could they end up costing? Could they jump Bobby Roode next week and then end up taking his spot? Like something along those lines. I I don't know how you go about handling that. What's crazy is that do you think that the team of SmackDown uh, 
do you think that just the guys on that roster, like as of right now, the way the the just with Braun Strowman, I think Raw has a better team. Correct. Well, yeah. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, granted, you do have Nakamura, Angle, you do have AJ yeah, Styles. You're like, right. It's 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 a very you're excited right, team. You're very right. You're so right. But they got Braun Strowman and Kurt Angle. An I, actual <laughs> Hall of Famer. Yeah. Actually in, let me make this clear. He's not a future Hall of Famer. He's not maybe a Hall of Famer one day down the road. And uh, we're and we're assuming Roman. Right. Which is which is which is another reason why I think you should put Joe in there to have the question of how do these guys interact? Yeah. You know, will there be some infighting? Will that cost them? While the other team is going to be all faces, all unified. Yeah. So you kind of have that going for them a little bit with so that's how you have to play. You have but, to play it as unified team, possibly not unified but team. But the other but the other team also has these two a-holes that might try to ruin everything. Well, and that'll be the question. You know what I mean? Like that that to me is the interesting part of how they handle this in the next couple of weeks. What do they do with Kevin and Sammy? Because we're all right now kind of sitting here saying, well, at this moment you assume they're going to try to F things up for the SmackDown team. So how can they either throw us off the scent, you know, like take us away from that, or can they make that compelling, us all knowing that it's sort of out there? Like what can they do with that between now and Survivor Series to keep it from just being obvious? Right, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are coming out because, of course, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn are coming out to ruin this match. We've we've assumed that for the last month. You know what I mean? Like that. I, I think you have to do something a little bit more than that. Um, your feelings on Stranger Things? Amazing. A ten I, out of ten. Okay. As somebody who's watched every and episode except the, I'm on the season. I have to watch the season finale of season two. Okay, I'm only three episodes in. Don't spoil anything. Of season one or two. 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 Okay. Yeah, and I. It's amazing. It was okay. literally everything. And then Ty, uh, Ty Dillinger's involvement. Oh, in Ty the, Dillinger was the best part oh about it. Oh, my God. It was just amazing. <laughs> Dad, are you 11? He said, no. I'm 10. I'm 10. <laughs> yeah. And it was, I popped so big. Yeah. Literally, I was watching because I went out for Halloween last night and I got back at like 1230 and started watching SmackDown. And it was like probably like 2 a.m. when that segment came on. And I literally jumped out of my seat while lay- I was laying down. And when he said I'm a perfect 10, I jumped out of my seat laughing and went up and got something to drink because I was hot. Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, end of the story. I didn't know enough about Stranger Things to in order to be able to have an opinion about it. Like I, And so I, that's why I wanted to leave it to, to you guys because – I, like, but I, it was funny with even if you don't know Stranger Things. It was funny, but like not. This is the problem, right? Like I'm so used to everything they're doing being wonderful. But they had that, a they had a picture that said the colons. I know that was good. I'm dude. I'm <laughs> I'm with you. I guess I I wonder if by trying to force the parody because we talked about last week. Last week was not good. Um, if are they trying too hard in forcing the parody and losing part of what makes it so magic, which is just these two dudes being hilarious. And so, because the Pulp Fiction one was so kind of like, meh, I, I wondered, I just didn't know enough about this one. It was funny, it was funny, but I didn't know enough about the parody. If you guys tell me it was great, I'll, buy, I'll, I'll go on, get on board with it being great. There is a small part of me that says, maybe instead of doing parodies every week, you can just let them be effing hilarious, which is what they've been. Like, they just... God damn it, they're funny. Everything they do, do is funny. Do we have to have it as a parody every week? I, I agree. I think that it has gone downhill a little bit since the... I, I thought this one was a big step up from the Pulp Fiction. I, I didn't think it was the great... You know, definitely not the greatest segment they've mm-hmm. done, but it was a perfectly fine segment. But you're right. I, I'd go away from the parodies for a little bit. I mean, look, I, I get it. Everything it was hilarious. Is, okay. 
Right. It was okay. hilarious. I, I, I'm not... You can say whatever you want about... You guys always talk about, well, I'm, I have the right to change my opinion next week, right? Well, this week, that shit was funny as fuck. So any doubt you had about it, <laughs> fuck off. That shit was hilarious. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. I mean, very good. Very Fair good. Uh, anything else we have to cover for SmackDown? Yeah. Um, Sin Cara. Sin Cara is getting a push. Right. What is that all about? But by the way, have you noticed that? So we have Baron Corbin cleanly beat AJ Styles. He starts getting his ass kicked by Sin Cara. Uh, Finn Balor cleanly beats AJ Styles. He starts getting his ass kicked. He lost one match. Should you just stop getting cleanly beating AJ Styles? Because apparently that does not go well. It's fair. I mean, that's a fair (laughs) point. I don't know what to make of that. Um, I, I don't know if this is. Supposedly, he just signed a new contract, and that's part of it is that because he well, signed they, a new long-term contract, they want to give him a push. I'm just shocked that it's against Baron Corbin that they're giving they, him this push. They've always wanted to... Um, Latin America. Yes. Yeah, this entire all- thing with Jinder Mahal started because of the big push they were doing yeah. in India, and it's worked, but it's just like that's why it started. Yeah. The reason why Kalisto will always be employed, and so will Sin Cara. Maybe not the guy Sin Cara, but maybe somebody else might be playing the role of Sin Cara. Well, it is Hunico at this point. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, uh, but that role is, to them, big. Rather than make, because, I mean, it does make sense. Rather than make an entire new, new Latin star all the time, which, I mean... They do have one brewing in NXT. Yes, they do. I, <laughs> that I cannot wait yes. to be on the main roster. Uh, but uh, you know, it's 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 good for them because I mean, Matt so. And it, it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if one of the reasons they were doing this was to establish Sin Cara for. You know, I, I think Adrada could be coming up. I don't know about eminently, but it wouldn't shock me if by you know the day after WrestleMania, and so you want to establish Sin Cara so they can work together to start sort of like the Del Rio, yeah, what true. they did with Del Rio. But I also think I also think they're establishing Sin Cara because I think what the end game of this is is Baron Corbin's going to lose to the Miz, and he's going to have a one-on-one match with Sin Cara after that and win, and that's how like so it looks. Is it good. a mask match, uh, um, like a mask versus hair match, or a mask versus title? That, that's that's where they're. I would say mask versus title, but that I would. I hope s- not. But I would love to see a a legitimate old school mask versus hair match. I think that would that's something you know we haven't seen in we've seen a few mask versus title matches with Rey Mysterio and stuff. We haven't seen the the, the true uh, uh, mask versus hair mask versus match. You know th- those type of matches, and I think that would be awesome. I mean, as long as Sin Cara wins, I like anything with greater stakes. You know what I mean? Like I'm all for that. Yes, I. Well, wait a second. I don't think there's any world in which they're getting rid of Baron Corbin's hair. There's I mean, no way they're doing that. Uh, pe- people not? have been making fun of his hairline for so long why that not? it might be a might not be a bad <laughs> okay. move. Maybe there's something to be said for that. Maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Well, I don't he, know. Will I, he look less badass bald? I don't. I mean, he look like the same white guy. Oh jeez. <laughs> um, I hear you. I, I I don't know. In the hell, they've repackaged uh, Baron Corbin every three weeks anyway. So. Why not? <laughs> Oh, I can't lie, uh, Brandon. Uh, when we were at dinner, him like using our tropes about Aaron. Like, oh my god, it was amazing. Oh, <laughs> Making fun so, of how so, Aaron said NXT dude, was going to be out of yeah. business. So, all right, so we're sitting at dinner on Monday night before the show. Brandon from Ramset, our buddy, who's co-host of the show. A couple I, times. I I bring up going to NXT in Bel Air. Yeah, so so NXT's coming to Bel Air, and we're talking about hey, getting tickets for that. And Aaron's like going on vacation or whatever, so got to figure the whole thing out. And uh, Brandon was like, "Well, you got to keep in mind too, NXT could also go out of business before." That. <laughs> 
I'm pumped. And AJ and I are losing. Like, <laughs> losing it. It's the funniest thing we've ever heard. I'm like, my God, you're so right about that. And then what was the other one? There was a, then he did it, he did it again. Yeah, something with gen- I, I think it just you know something about gender. We were talking about gender and Brock. Brock and gender because oh, Alan, oh, yeah. yeah, Alan was bringing it up. Yeah, right. So oh, gender's the- ruined SmackDown. <laughs> right, correct. He's like, yeah, but I don't really yeah. watch SmackDown because it was ruined. And I'm just like, oh my god, you're, oh, I love you. You're a good you're- person. Brandon's the best. Brandon's the best. That's good stuff. All right, um, we got some other stuff to talk about, and uh, you know, a little bit of a, a little, just a little guest, just a little guest on this week's show that perhaps you've heard of, Naomi. She's going to join us next. Uh, she'll tell us about uh, just what has been an amazing, amazing year for her. Will and she her be joining group. us? Us? Well, yeah, she'll be joining you and I. Aaron, uh... was, Aaron was like, I could talk to Naomi, or I could go watch a mediocre basketball team talk to the media. And he said, I think I'll go do that. What an idiot. I agree with that. To be fair, he, Bruno Fernandez hilarious. I can't well, wait that, to talk to that guy more. I'm sure he's lovely. He ain't Naomi. He ain't Naomi. We'll talk to her next. I'm Glenn. He's Aaron, and he's... The main event. AJ Francis, this is Jobbing Out. The Parkcell Early Phase Unit at Harbor Hospital is looking for healthy males and females ages 18 to 85 to volunteer for a clinical research study. Length of participation and number of visits vary by study. If you qualify, you may receive compensation ranging from $1,200 to $8,500 upon completion. For more information, please visit our website or call 1-877-617-8839. Call now. Back in here, segment number three of Jobbing Out, Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and of course... The main event. So, yeah, uh, AJ Francis, you and I got this opportunity. Aaron, uh, just what a failure. He's just a failure in life, frankly. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. Are you, you're more right than you're wrong. Jeez, right. We, we were offered this opportunity to have an interview with Naomi, and Aaron was like, uh, good. Aaron I'm actually good. said, fuck Naomi. She's yeah, not no. even hot. I was like, exactly what I said. What are you, a racist? Yes. <laughs> That's how we all felt. That's how we all felt in that moment. Oh, you guys remember? Uh, you guys remember uh, on Monday when I gave you guys the biggest piece of wisdom you've never got before? I, I don't know if we should share that. <laughs> what? It was so funny that I nearly tweeted it and to credit you. I was I nearly sent out a tweet that said, "I can't say it it's, right it's now." It's, Jew, it's Jewish people are the black people of white people. Which, by the way, we all uproariously laughed at. It was hilarious, and it's true. And I was, it was so. Kyrie funny didn't like it though. Went through a lot of the. Sh- well, he just because he didn't pay attention in history class. <laughs> we were. That's the only reason why. Clearly, because so, we were. He, we were sitting there. I was literally making every point as to why that's true. He was like, I was, ah. I'm like, okay. I was prepared to tweet that out and credit you, and then I thought to myself. Somebody is going to find this offensive. Yep. I take it completely out of context. That's that's the world that we live in now. Somebody's going to find it offensive, whether it's a black person, a Jewish person. I don't know, but somebody, maybe it's a person that's not a Jewish person that says, hey, white people have gone through their struggle. I have no idea. Somebody's going to find this offensive. I am not going to do this because that's just the way that I have to live my life now. Like, I, I nothing, I, it, somebody's going to be offended by everything. So I, I, I yep. can't, I'm not, I'm not allowed to do it any longer. So uh, whatever we do on this show, we do on this show, but I ain't tweeting it out. I ain't tweeting <laughs> it out. 
because it's only going to cause problems. A lesson that uh, you've learned, Leo Rush hasn't, which we'll get to a little later. We'll get to that, that's for sure. All right, so anyway, uh, uh, AJ and I did get this opportunity, however, to chat with the great Naomi. Let's take a listen right now. Joined now by one of our absolute favorite performers on the face of the planet. She is awesome. She is the former women's champion, but I imagine that won't be for too much longer. And she is one of the stars of the new season of Total Divas, which gets back underway this week, Wednesday night at 9 on E! It's a pleasure to welcome in Naomi. Naomi, it's such an honor to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Thank you. That's a hell of an introduction. Dude, I mean, you, you didn't announce me to the ring. You have no idea what big fans <laughs> we are of yours. You have no clue. We are fanboys on this like, show. We, we honestly had uh, we honestly had like a breakdown when we thought you weren't going to be at WrestleMania. <laughs> I had a breakdown too. <laughs> hey, speaking of that, can you describe to me what this year has been like for you with everything? Obviously, winning the championship, the moment in Orlando in your hometown, and um, now the new season of uh, of Total Divas to boot. Like, can you just put into words what this year has been like? This year has been everything I've worked. For my entire career, which is why this season is my favorite season of Total Divas, because I feel like um, everything I went through this year will be on there in depth, in details, and it's my best year yet. I feel like I'm at my best, and I just think it's just a great time to be a woman wrestler right now. We're killing it. We're kicking butt regularly. We're getting amazing opportunities. This being a part of this women evolution right now is it's it's incredible. Um, I've been around to see what it was like before the evolution and now getting more TV time, more storylines, um, better angles, um, able to speak more. Our first, um, our Mattel action figure dolls, um, it's just been, like, it just, we keep breaking that glass in. It's really, really exciting just to be a part of it and see it all unfold. And to really be here in a part of a roster of so many talented women right now. Is it, it, it when did you know that you would be back for WrestleMania? Was it like a week before WrestleMania, two weeks? Yeah. Was it the day of? No, it was the week before and I almost I almost didn't get cleared. Whoa. Wow. Oh. Yeah. now i know i don't want to give what because i'm sure that's a big part of this season of of total divas but like can you describe what those moments were like to you can you describe like the the anguish of knowing yo wrestlemania is in my hometown this is my moment like it was so frustrating to me because it was such like i don't believe it was but i always use the term i have the worst look (laughs) Because it's just the stuff that happens to me is just like unbelievable. And it was so ironic because I finally get the title and then I get hurt. And people thought it was a storyline. Like fans thought. Yeah, I absolutely at first thought it was was a storyline. It wasn't real. And that was the most frustrating thing. I'm like, I, this is like, I don't play about stuff like that. Like this is, this is real. I'm really, guys, I really may not be there. Like. My, my, I didn't know if it was my ACL, my MCL. I didn't know what happened. All I know is I, after that match with Alexa, I, um, I, with my finish, I couldn't, I couldn't barely walk after. And then I didn't say anything because, you know, I'm the champ now. I'm like, I'm not going to say anything. I'm going to. Yeah, and then the next day I got up and I could not move my knee. It blew up and I couldn't move it. 
So I had to I had to go to doctors and all that stuff. And yeah, I ended up finding out that it was it was um, torn or it was I hyperextended it and it had a little tear in it. So I just had to rehab that and um, get it stronger. Well, we're glad you did. It was it was a lot. It was stressful, and I didn't know if I would make it back in time. And I did. I did everything. The our trainers. We have such an uh, amazing um, crew of of doctors and trainers, and I just um, followed all their instructions, and I, and I made it back in time. And I had to wear a brace for a while, but yeah, it was crazy. I was like, "How does this happen to me? It took me eight years to yeah. get this championship. I finally get it on the night that I get it. I get hurt. Like what? Come yeah, on, that's that's crazy." <laughs> Who is I, I have to know who is responsible for the the glow gimmick because a lot of wrestling fans give WWE a lot of uh, uh, problems and a lot of complaining about gimmicks that they come up with. But the glow gimmick is a ten. It's a ten out of ten. Everyone loves it. It's unique. Nobody's ever done anything like it. Nobody can ever do anything like it again. Like how, who is responsible for that? Oh, thank you. That glow gimmick is all me, and the inspiration actually came from a, a movie called The Last Dragon that I loved and that I watched growing up. Yeah, that was my inspiration behind it, and I just made it more. I just brought that vision to life, and um, that that movie is something that like really helped me through my career. Because if you have you ever seen The Last Dragon? Yeah. So basically, you know, the whole concept is him. Finding the glow and getting the glow, which really at the end of the day was just him believing in himself. He had the glow all along. He just had to believe in himself, and that's just what I felt um, had a had a parallel to my career. It was parallel to my career because I felt like I've been awesome all along, but I kind of <laughs> I just needed to be myself. Yeah. You know? I I had went through so many different gimmicks and phases and looks and changes and just trying to find a character, but I'm like, I just need to, to be me. I need to do me. And I wanted, when I first came in, I was wearing neon colors and crazy hair and like, and somehow through the years I got away from that stuff and, you know, was trying to fit in and be more like everyone else instead of just, instead of just being me. And I think the best <coughs> characters and the best performers are, you know, the ones who are themselves. And um, it took me two years to finally convince WWE to let me try this and do this. And it sounded crazy, me saying, like, I want to come out to Blacklight. And they're like, what, like, Jeff Hardy? I'm like, no, like, it's different. Like, I, <laughs> I want to, you know, like, I want to glow when I come out because I believe that the glow is the positive energy. And I believe it was just crazy. But uh, finally, after two years, um, I got someone to listen. And they took a chance on me and the whole gimmick and the idea and just going through different looks and, and costumes. The original gear literally glowed in the dark and I came out to no light. You were just supposed to see me, this glow person. Oh, uh, so yeah. Get that tour. Yeah. So um, finally I ended up just going with the neon stuff. So um, I love it. It's and well, it's really awesome. Happy. Yeah, we love it too. I know we only have another minute or two here with you, Naomi. I, I want to get to this. Total Divas, which is back this season, uh, gets underway yep. Wednesday night, 9 o'clock on E!, you mentioned the the revolution and everything going on with women's wrestling. Look, I'm not going to lie to you. I watch the show, okay? I'm not. I'm. I'll admit to it. I watch Total Divas. Yay. Is it ever difficult? Yeah, a lot of men won't admit it. 
Oh, I will. I've admitted it on this show. It's not even because of my wife either. I just watch it. I mean, like, I watch the show. Um, is it ever at all difficult when you do the show? Do you ever find yourself saying, boy, I really hope this doesn't affect the way that people treat us as performers? Like, have you ever dealt with that sort of fine line of, of reality show and being a wrestler and being a performer? Oh, definitely there's some things that that um, that just that happen on camera, like, you do forget the cameras are there. We're so into work and what we're doing. Like sometimes, and we're so used to having the cameras around, things happen, stuff go down, and you don't you forget about the cameras there. And then that stuff airs. And um, some things, some things, especially with my personal life, you know, I get, I, I question myself. Like, should I have said that? Should I have done that? But then at the end of the day, you know, this is a reality show, and this is the real you know i don't ever want to put out anything that that isn't true to myself what i represent who we are so um i think you just gotta as long as you're real and true to yourself on there um it is what it is you know what i mean um our fans we get criticized constantly no matter no matter what you know uh whether yeah. it's good or bad you, know, you got to take the good with the bad and with social media and stuff these days we do get a lot of feedback but what i realize is you can't you can't live your life um, you know, worried about what other people are going to think of you, you know? Well, I mean, I'm so, glad you don't. I'm glad you don't because it's working. It yeah, is definitely working. Hey, hey, I know we got to let you go. Yeah, no doubt. Naomi, I know we got to let you go because you got a hundred more of these to do. We really appreciate you taking the time for us. We're going to be checking out Total Divas and uh, we'll have everybody give you a follow on Twitter as well, at Naomi WWE. Hey, thanks so much for taking the time for us. Appreciate it, guys. Nice talking to you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Don't you feel like an asshole, Aaron? Don't you feel like an idiot? Because Naomi was awesome. Yes, she was. Look, I was the one who said, push her back, but, you know, obviously Naomi takes precedence over me. So she was going to say to Naomi, I'm so sorry, we can't do this now because our squirrely asshole friend isn't here. That's right. We have to wait for him to finish with the stupid work that he's doing in order to talk. I'm sure that she was going to be like, you know what, boys? That's fine. We'll wait for him. No! No! You make your schedule work around Naomi's, and unfortunately that wasn't the case. But she was cool. Uh, watch Total Divas. I have no problem admitting that I watch the show, and it has nothing to do with my wife. I just choose to watch it. That's the way that it goes. Respect. Um, all right, let's get into this week's uh, quick count. A uh, bunch of stuff to talk about, um, none of which is terribly far off the reservation, but I guess the furthest off the re- reservation would be some news involving a recent guest of uh, jobbing out, who is no longer with um, whatever we call TNA these days. I don't even know what we call TNA these days. Impact, Impact Wrestling is is the, that is that where we're at? Yeah, know. that that's where we're at right now because they can't use Global Force anymore, and Jeff Jarrett checked himself into rehab and all sorts of yeah. good stuff. Yeah, that's always good. Yeah, yeah. So um, Rockstar Rock- Spud, yeah. yeah, Rockstar Spud, who is amazing, who is one of my favorite people on the planet, who I sang Bon Jovi simultaneously a rock star and a potato. It's remarkable, right? It's it's he's actually what they and is the, engaged to one of the most beautiful women on the planet. Facts. Uh, that is also true. That is also factual. They were both guests on this show. Yes. He and Michelle uh, just a couple of weeks ago, and Rockstar Spud is now unemployed, like AJ. Mm. So, so there have been some perm- permeations, some suggestions that perhaps Rockstar Spud's next line of work could be on 205 Live. That that could be where he ends up coming. There have also been some reports from PW Insider that WWE is eyeing Hideo Itami 
as a future star of 205 Live. So much sense. Um, yeah, I guess thoughts on both. Thoughts on... This is what the 205 Live should have always been. 205 Live, from the beginning, like, I like the guys that they brought in. Don't get me wrong. I love Grand Metallic. Guys that I had never seen before, the the Cruiserweight Classic. Grand Metallic, um, uh, Jack Gallagher, uh, I can't even remember, uh, uh, Mustafa Ali. I had never seen these guys ever before the Cruiserweight Classic. Introduced me to them. They brought them in for 205 Live. I loved it. I felt like instead of building an entire roster around new people on 205 Live, they would have been better served to bring in some guys, and you could still have those uh, the, all the other guys they brought in as you can bring them in too. I'm not even saying they shouldn't have brought them in. And in fairness, they did have Brian Kendrick and Tajiri. Yes. who you know. But like I always thought it would be better served if they would have brought guys that were already in NXT on to that to help bridge that gap. Sure. And um, I I always felt like 205 Live is the perfect place for Hideo Itami, for Johnny Gargano, because it makes you want to watch 205 Live. Like, it's not just the people. Like, you know you're going to get good matches. The people that they're actually already invested into. There are wrestling fans already invested into Johnny Gargano. There are wrestling fans already invested in uh to Hideo Itami that have been for years you know on WWE programming yes it's NXT but it's WWE programming plus he's a, he's a known international commodity exactly and it and it helped the whole brand and i felt like this this should have been the play all along because there's nothing if you are good enough on 205 live you will be off 205 Live eventually onto something else. And anyone who says that's not true does not pay attention to the fact that do you think Enzo's going to be in 205 Live forever? I think I think we all assume that this is a short-term thing with Enzo <laughs> on 205 Live. But, I, I, you know, your argument back is, okay, but give me an example of someone who's already done that. Give me the example they, that... They haven't, but, right. but that doesn't mean it can happen. Well, but and I think that the word is that Austin Aries was frustrated with with they, they refused to put him above right. 205. Yeah. That that you know he would have been okay with 205 Live being a short term thing, but after he was there for a little while, I think he would have rather been somewhere else. And this is what it, I, I the question becomes: Does 205 Live become NXT, or are you really trying to treat 205 Live as hey, we want you to be a fixture on this show for years to come for people to watch you. I think particularly if we're all assuming that Enzo's stint on 205 Live is going to be a short one, then these moves absolutely make even more sense. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's wholly logical for um, for these guys to be brought in to, to help cr- give some star power. Like, I'm, I'm not trying to oversell Rockstar Spud. Like, he's, he's a known commodity in professional wrestling, but the overwhelming majority of WWE fans are not familiar with Rockstar Spud. Um, I, I think Which it makes... Oh, it's a shame because he's wonderful. But I, I think it makes a lot of sense to go this way. I, I also don't know exactly why was he released. I, I think he asked for it. Uh, I, it it's impacts a disaster right now. Yeah, <laughs> that, everything, everything that, that, that's what it comes down to. And this isn't the first time we've heard the uh, the rock star spot to WWE rumors. I remember. I mean, I assume it was like the last time his contract came up, there was talk about they really liked him, possibly even in a manager role, because that's what he was doing at the time, was the awesome manager role with EC3. Um, and that's one of the things about Rockstar is you could use him as anything. You could put him on 205 Live if you wanted to use him to try to get somebody else over as a manager. They don't tend to do that, but there's no reason they shouldn't do that. He can do that until wonder- EC3 comes? I mean, that's what I'm waiting on. Uh, I'm, yeah, I... 
Yeah, I mean, the EC3 is basically what Impact Wrestling has. You know what I mean? Like, he's... I don't know. The to, to be fair, Lashley has been awesome over the past year or so. I guess what I'm saying is he's... I know that while he technically had a run in WWE, he's their creation. He's there. Like, this is what they can hang their hat on. For as, as significant as Matt Hardy was, Matt Hardy was a superstar before he ever arrived. E- EC3 is the guy that arrived in TNA and became a legitimate professional wrestling star yep. mm-hmm. with that company. He's the guy. So I do think that makes them want to hang on. And I think when we had him on, when we were talking about it, I think there's also a part of him that's still like, I kind of want to prove that I can I can do this, that I've never needed the WWE. So I, I don't think there's any rush on on EC3's end, although if it can, things continue to be a disaster. I was going to say, like the, the paychecks, from what we know, the paychecks are still clearing. We don't know where the money's coming from, but they're still clearing for the most part. And a lot of these guys, including EC3, being paid pretty well. So there's probably not a huge rush yeah. on his part to jump over to WWE, where they don't. he doesn't know the way he'll be used over there. So. Yeah. Correct. I think that's that's a big part of it. Um, look, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm all for all of this. I still think that there's two things that should happen. I think one, it it sort of doesn't make sense to me that you aren't. I, I keep bringing up the immersing people from WWE programming on 205 Live and vice versa. That your performers on 205 Live should also be facing other people on the card. Like I don't like we all know that Kalisto's a former United States champion, right? Yep. So. He's good enough to beat really good performers. Why is he only interested in being against cruiserweights? Why wouldn't he also still be interested in facing someone else? It doesn't make any sense. And I also think that you'd be well served being able to do it on both shows. Like, your, your cruiserweights are there on Tuesday nights, are they not? They're in the building. So you could use them also on SmackDown. I don't what? like that. I don't like that strictly because SmackDown's already a two-hour show. So you're taking time from okay. other people. Fine, there's something to be said for that. You're not wrong about that. Yeah, there, we're, we're missing stuff as it is. I, you're right, I, it probably would get overloaded. Okay, there's something to be said for that. I, I still, I just, you need to do more. Cre- help them, help them in creating stars. I'm all for bringing in Hideo Tommy. I'm all for bringing in Rockstar Spud. I think they're both great, but there's still more that you can do that we're seeing, we're seeing the segments get over on Raw because you're using Enzo, right? Like, you're using him. But there's nothing wrong with saying, hey, Drew Gulak might want to have a match against... Jason Jordan, you know what I mean? Like something like that. That should be something that can help. That should be something that you can do. That's beneficial. I, I just, it, yeah, and it's very frustrating. Um, next one. Next one is uh, we alluded to this at the beginning of the segment. Uh, Leo Rush, who's a very new, is still a very much a newcomer in WWE. I uh, got off to a rough, rough start to his WWE career. As in the aftermath of Emma being released, he attempted to make a joke on Twitter. And as we know, you're not allowed to make jokes anymore. There are no one is allowed to make jokes. It's over. Um, and and Aaron, remind me exactly what the wording uh, was of what he said about after after Emma's release. I believe it was uh, that's what happens when you're not really ready for Oscar. Something along those lines. Right. Which in general isn't really all that funny. Like it's not a. That's why it didn't work. Right. You know what I mean? Like, if it's really funny, then you might be able to get away with it more. But that wasn't really all you that you got to have more people laugh than dumb people that are going to be mad. Right. That's, and, the, that's, the, that's your only failsafe. Yeah. And when you're, when, when you're tweeting, you know, about someone losing their job, it, like, you know, even more, it better land. We know that, you know, we've seen people get jumped all over by their contemporaries in WWE on Twitter for saying stupid things in the past. A lot of times it was because of, you know, something like this. 
uh, tweeting just after someone gets released, and he just he's got to be more aware of it. He, he you know posted the full apology. He's deleted the tweet. It took him a long time to delete that tweet. He finally did, but um, yeah, I mean it's just something that in a bubble wasn't you know it wasn't that bad, and I think it was supposed to be more pro Oscar than anti Emma, but you gotta know when and where to do this sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that like Emma that say, I don't know you, you're just a dude. And that's part of the problem is that he's a new guy walking into a locker room, but there's a lot of people who are friends with Emma that know Emma really well that like Emma and are are bummed for her and are upset for her. And now you just see this this punk kid tweeting something that sounds like it's not effusive towards Emma, and you're pissed off. And I get that. I mean, like the, the emotions of it. I don't think it's that big of a deal, but I understand why people would be pissed. And there's the flip side to this, too, where I've brought this up, and I've, I, I know we've kind of dismissed these conversations, but professional wrestlers and social media are always going to be awkward. It's always going to be awkward because there are times that guys are in character, there are times that guys aren't in character, and it's hard to tell the difference sometimes. Um, this time, obviously, Leo Rush wasn't, I don't think, was in character because it makes no sense to his character for him to be doing that, but... It would make all the sense in the world for the WWE if they're going to continue to embrace Leo Rush to say, you know what, we're going to make you a heel. We're going to use this and you be a dick on Twitter. You go say snarky things on Twitter and build your heel persona that way. Build that, you know, use that to help you with your heel persona. Um, and I kind of wish they would have done that in the aftermath. And we'll see. I mean, they could still, I guess. But I think this could work. You know, just be a dick to everybody. Always be a dick on Twitter. And use that to benefit you as a performer. If you're a, if you're a face, that's not so good. I mean, that's not exactly the right way to go about doing it. But I think you could do something with this. Definitely could. I my hunch is WWE won't because they never capitalize on things like this. But uh, yeah, no, it'd definitely be a good way to go. And you know, if you're not in character, just be fucking careful. Come on, Leo. You gotta be know funny. that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. If be you funny do- and be care- be careful. Yeah, you gotta be funnier than that. All right, uh, and finally this week, a uh, cool thing that's happening that uh, Aaron's already trying to wrangle me into going up for, um, the 25th anniversary celebration of Raw. Yeah, on uh, January, I believe it's 22nd, it's the 25th anniversary of Raw. It's going to be at the Barclays Center, but they announced there's going to be a simulcast. There's going to be like some sort of, they haven't really defined exactly what it's going to be. But they're going to be over at the Hammerstein Ballroom, where yeah. the first Raw was. There's going to be legends there, and it does sound like there are. there's going to be a ring, it's, and they're going to the, shoot some matches Manhattan from there. Center. It's the Manhattan Center, and say it correctly, please. The what? It's, they call it the Manhattan well, Center. Well, that, that's the whole building. The Hammerstein Ballroom is part of they're the Manhattan Center. They're advertising it as the Manhattan Center because they have to. Well, which is whatever. Dumb, and that's what I'm making fun of. Okay, I gotcha. Anyways, and it does sound like there's going to be some matches there. Like most of the most of Raw is going to be from Barclays, but there's going to be a match or two that's going to be live from Hammerstein, which is kind of amazing. Well, it's neat. I also don't know how much they're charging for tickets, and if they're charging me fifty bucks for a ticket, and I walk in and there's one match there, like I might be kind of pissed off about that too. You know what I mean? Like, all the, it's all cool to be at the Hammerstein for the two hundred. What is the twenty fifth anniversary of Raw? Yeah, but like, if I'm getting to see a match. Eh. I'm sure they're going to do other stuff there as well. I mean, it sounds like... I bet you there might only be one or two matches on TV, but they'll have other people, you know, who aren't wrestling that day, you know, the 205 Live guys or whatever, come over and do matches in front of you. Plus, obviously, they'll be showing Raw normally. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I get it. Look, um, it's cool. It's a neat concept. I like it. I don't understand why they couldn't just do Raw from there. Like, what... 
Because they, they want to make more money. They want more money. Yeah, they can. That's why they can sell. They can sell out the Barclays Center plus charge an exorbitant amount for the Hammerstein as opposed okay, to but, only get fifteen hundred people. To some extent, we could say this about anything, right? Like you could do SummerSlam from a stadium. You know, like you could. And you they've could. tried. Like, you might not sell it out, but you're going to get. You can get more than how many people can they fit in the Barclays Center? It's actually one of the smaller arenas in the country. Is it? I uh, thought it was one of the bigger no, ones. No, not at all. It is one of the small. That's the joke about them playing hockey. There is like you can only get like thirteen thousand people in the arena for hockey. It's a very small arena. Well, it's a, it's a vertical. Arena. I think for wrestling, it has a bigger floor than usual. I think it does get around fifteen or so. Well, that's again most arenas. You can get twenty, twenty, twenty-two thousand, something along those lines. It's in 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 that right now. I'm looking at eighteen one. Eighteen one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's not. It's just not that big. But all, all that being said, what I'm saying is, you could say this about it's every. Bigger, it's bigger than Baltimore. Um. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I don't. I don't think uh, Capital One Arena has. Is, I think that's oh. about eighteen. Uh. Yeah. Hang on a second. We'll find that out. I think they're closer to twenty, but that I mean, I'm, I'm Capital One Arena is eighteen two seven seven, so it's actually bigger than the Barclays, barely, slightly. It's the same barely. range, barely. Uh, um, I, and I also don't know what wrestling capacity is for either one of those. My point be, I can. But my point is, you could do SummerSlam at a stadium, and, and they've get, tried, and you it might not sell it out, but you could get thirty, forty thousand people there, which is a bigger number than that for one night. It would be cool to go back and do this. I think it would create greater hype for the show if you said we're doing the entire show from the Hammerstein Ballroom. I don't the understand why they don't do SummerSlam from like, like baseball stadiums. They've looked into it. They they were trying to do it because from you could the, absolutely uh, if they did it at Yankee Stadium. Oh yeah. Well, but, there but, there was talk about doing. They're trying to do it at Fenway Park. It's in the middle of baseball season. That's yeah, really that, that's do. that's part of it. Baseball. But they they tried Red Bull New York. They tried to do it at the soccer stadium. Yeah, in New that York. would work too. Um, I don't know why the logistics. Failed. I know Fenway uh, Fenway Park put in a bid for it at one point. They ended up turning that down for one reason or another. Dude, could you imagine coming out of the Green Monster? Well, forget coming out of the bo- Green Monster. Shane's going off the Green Monster. Oh my God, happens. he absolutely would jump off yeah, of that's the, the Green thing. Monster. I want nothing to do with WrestleMania in uh, Boston or in, in New England. But SummerSlam at Fenway, 100% in for. No, I mean, it, it'd be awesome. I just don't, I, I think the logistics of it don't work because you have to have the stadium for a certain number of days in order to set up for SummerSlam. Like, think about how long it takes them to set up the WrestleMania you, set, all the things you they want to do. You could do it. If, if you knew, like, if I told you now 2020 it's going to be, you have the schedule makers put them on a West Coast swing then. It's not yeah. ridiculous. It just would have to be a little bit more careful that you don't completely destroy the field in the process. I mean, all of these things are very, very tough. And I, I, I look, I, I think it's cool. I just don't think it's going to happen. But again, my moral story is for one week, I don't think it would kill you to go do a show like that. And I, in the same way that I was more amped when they did the uh, one-night stand, the ECW event, I, I was way more into it because it was at the Hammerstein, right? Like, yeah. I was way more interested because of that than I would have been otherwise than if you had just done an arena. I would feel the same way. If they were doing the 25th anniversary of Raw just from the Hammerstein Ballroom and not, hey, we're going to do something at the Hammerstein Ballroom, but the show's going to be at the Barclays Center, I'd be more, you know, I, look, I'm going to watch either way, so I'm the wrong person, but I'd be more interested in it for one week. And they, they could live with a week of having a smaller attendance figure to get more juice out of the event itself. You're not wrong. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just business versus, you know, not business, basically, is what it comes down to. I get it. I understand. But you're right. I wish it was entirely at the Hammerstein. And uh, if you guys haven't seen a show at the Hammerstein, you should because it's awesome. I've never. I've never been. 
I haven't been. What, what did you go up there for? Uh, it was actually my first ever Ring of Honor show. It was uh, one of the Death Before Dishonors. It was, it was just a really, really cool venue with the balconies and everything, and it, it okay. happened to be just a great show as well. But, cool. uh, yeah, you should definitely. I know Ring of Honor still, I think, Final Battle's there in December. Uh, definitely check it out when you, if you ever get a chance. It's really cool. Good deal. All right. Uh, that's it, right? We did it all, didn't we? we Is everything? it it? Oh, right. I see. Right. I, I think I take the responsibility upon myself to keep not only you two, but also our listeners cool. Like, <laughs> I feel like I'm what, more, what are you saying about our wonderful listeners who could saying, not be more I'm cool? I'm just saying I, as a wrestling nerd, have been to a lot of wrestling shows. And I would be willing to bet, and I and I don't think you guys would disagree with me, that in the cool percentile of said wrestling show, I'm probably in the 99th percent. Uh, I guess I'll give you that. <laughs> I just, uh, yeah. That's why I'm just, you know, I'm just... You mean those guys who are dressed as right to censor you don't think are cooler than you? I, I, cool. I, I mean, they're pretty cool. They're amazingly cool for wrestling fans. But if they were dressed as right to censor in, let's say, the Inner Harbor... <laughs> Later that good, night, that'd be a good bit. It'd be a great bit, but I don't know. People would be like, "Who the fuck are those nerds?" So uh, AJ, AJ's found this piece of pop culture. Yes, I, I find it upon. I take it upon myself to to get you guys uh, hip to you know anytime there's a wrestling crossover in culture in pop culture. I try to do it more, but I always get shot down by Glenn. Um, I just don't. It's, I, oh really? Oh really? So so we did. So we played the song about that little Uzi had uh, talking about Ric Flair too. That came I, out I, two months ago. Playing it, I just we right. did that. Okay, oh. cool. So like <laughs> I said, like Shut I up. like uh, the other little, little Uzi song where he talks about Stone Cold. We played that too. I brought both those up. Did we play either one of those motherfuckers? No. All right, bet. So <laughs> so now I've taken it upon myself to make them let me play you. A piece of pop culture that I think you'll like. Wait, wait, did, you, did you hang on just real quick? Did you book Naomi on the show this week? No, I did not. Okay, just wanted just wanted to check. No, just I did not. It yeah. has nothing to do with what we're talking. You got Charlotte Flair a couple weeks ago, right? Nope. Oh, was it Bill Goldberg that you booked on the show then? No. Okay. What's our most what listened show? Uh, actually, our most listened show was. Uh, uh, I know it's going to sound bizarre, but it was Jake the Snake because he did the Johnny Manziel bit. Really? But, that, that was more than uh, Cedric. Yeah. Yeah, uh, Cedric got a lot. Cedric got a lot when he called. Both of those are more than Bret Hart. Yeah, no, it was. I think it was our best, but it was not our most listened ah. to. But that's because that's because the other one just went crazy. Like and the, the, the Jake the Snake thing got picked up. Hey, by, like, the, the current WWE champion on the longest reign ever. Who booked oh, him? I'm with you. You did do that. <laughs> okay. Did. Anyway, like I was saying, uh, uh, you know, I, I, there's a piece of pop culture that I want to introduce. I'm pretty sure I'm introducing a lot of people listening to this show too. I'm gonna uh, guess. It's from a uh, new project that uh, Metro Boomin, who you, everyone knows, Metro Boomin wants some more. Um, if Young Metro don't trust you, I'm going to shoot you, you know. Uh, as well as Offset, who is a member of the Migos, who you will know from Bad and Bougie. And 21 Savage, who you should just know in general. Yeah. Uh, the three of them teamed up to make a really dope project called Without Warning that they dropped, quote unquote, without warning. Uh, this past week, didn't nobody had any idea it was coming out, and they have a song that is a a fantastic song. It's the third track on the on the project, and it's called Ric Flair Drip, and it's just talking about styling and spending money on diamonds and all types of shit, and that makes you kind of be like Ric Flair. So, I teed up the song for you guys. Well, actually, technically, Aaron teed it up, but I told him where to go, and I hope you guys enjoy Ric Flair Drip by Offset. 
Metro Boomin and 21 Savage. Ah, sounds great. cool that's it i just wanted to give you guys a taste of that you can you know it was uh it's a really dope song uh the project in and of itself is really really dope but you know anytime there's like a wrestling crossover i like to you know bring it in hopefully glenn will let me in the future for f's sake <laughs> I, aj wants to say our topic our third topic this week should be that there's a song and i'm like but what what's the top what are we the topic doing? is that rick flair is relevant in pop culture thanks to migos not new. He's been <laughs> pop culture forever. Speaking of which, on next week's show, see that actually ended up being a very good. There we go. You're welcome. That ended up being a very good segue. Uh, on next week's show, you know, next Tuesday night is when the Ric Flair 30 for 30 airs on ESPN. Uh, Nature Boy, and uh, I'm really excited about that. Uh, in fact, I'm an idiot because I've had it for a week and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. You fucking uh, I know. I'm, oh, now we all have it and we can all watch it. We all have it uh, at our disposal. Um, so next, uh, next on next week's show, we're going to be joined by Roy Carp, who is the director of the uh, Ric Flair 30 for 30. So I'm looking forward to that on next week's show a great deal. All right, uh, let's get the plugs in. AJ, you first. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, um, I got a couple shows I'm working on. I actually might open for Young Thug on Thanksgiving Day. Holy fuck. Yeah, so that would be cool. That's, uh, that's relevant. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. I might, uh, uh, I'm hopefully Brandon can set it up. I can open for Vince Vic Mensa at Rams Head Live. Um, I also am performing uh, at Tony Reds, who's like the lead DJ at WPGC. His birthday party's on the 22nd. I'll be performing there. I got another show I think that I'll be doing in Tacoma Station on the 19th. Um, that's not locked in yet, but I think that's going to be going on. As well as you know, Francis Sports Academy stuff. My dad's starting my basketball. Um, I'm going to be back in Florida soon. I'll be doing football stuff down there. It's just, uh, it's crazy because like the next month I'm going to be here pretty much for most of the time. And then after that, I'm going back down to Florida. But I only reason, like I was supposed to leave today. I was, I was going to drive down to Orlando today, pack up my stuff and be out. But then I realized, which ended up being cool, was that, uh, uh, that if I, I get ended up get well. I ended up getting booked for all these shows and potentially booked for all these shows. So it's like, uh, I guess I'll just stick around here for a little while, and then <laughs> I'll stick around here for a little while, and then after you know in December I'll go back down when it's you know cold as fuck and I can get the fuck out of here. <laughs> That's a good call. 
I like the way you think. Are, are, are you turning into an old white man to go yeah. down to Florida for the weekend? I, I am an old white man. I <laughs> what's crazy is that like, well, I mean, all my neighbors are old white men, but what's crazy is, is that I never knew how much I hated snow till I lived in Miami, and then I was yeah. like, "Fuck that snow shit." No doubt, no doubt. I'm with you on that. When I lived in Arizona, I did not miss it one effing bit. <laughs> when people talk about it, I'm like, but I like the snow. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Get right the hell right out of here with that. All right, it's good stuff, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. All right, uh, Aaron, you're on Twitter. At the AOster. The show's on Twitter. At Dropping Out Show. The email? Dropping Out Show at gmail.com. Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone? Uh, yeah, I had got a chance to talk to Cesaro, so you can check that out on Baltimore Sun. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely yeah. that on this show. No, was... definitely not. Absolutely well, not. I want it all for me. I'm, I'm, I'm a selfish bastard. And uh, we talked to – the best part about it was his reaction to uh, – Ford stealing the bar's line the, for oh, the yeah. uh, F-150. Yeah. He got very animated when I brought that up, and uh, he's kind of demanding that there's some sort of crossover happen at WrestleMania. Well, I like it. I like it. Very good. Uh, check that out there at the Baltimore Sun. Um, I'm Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. Uh, GlennClarkRadio.com is the website for me as well. Thanks again to Naomi for joining us this week. Enjoyed that a great deal. For Aaron Oster and for... The main event. Vent. Eight. Vent. Vent. Fuck Lynn. Vent. Vent. Yeah? Vent. Oh, God damn it! <laughs> AJ Francis, I'm Glenn. This is Ben jobbing out.